2: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time
1: only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
0: What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, Fightful.com, YouTube.com slash Fightful. Podcast platforms everywhere. It's December 13th, 2021. A quick note right off the top. I know a lot of you watch... um, our shows on any number of Twitter platforms. StreamYard has had a big issue with Twitter of late. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. We're working to get it fixed. Uh, If I pick like three or four different Twitters to send this to, might send it to one of them. Uh, So right now we're live on the Fightful MMA Twitter (laughs) because it's the only one of four that it would actually work on hot diggity dog. Oh, you're
2: right. It's not on mine either. It usually is.
0: Yeah, it's not on yours. It's not on mine. It's not on (laughs) Fightfuls. It's on Fightful M M A. But we got Denise Salcedo here. Denise, how you doing? (gasps)
2: I'm exhausted, Sean. I'm exhausted. Today was the first day where I was like, damn, I don't want to go to work today. I kind of want (laughs) to call out. And like I visualized it. I visualized the doubt because it's kind of a gloomy day here. It's kind of a little bit of raining. And I was like in my blankets. You know, I had a little bit of a break before Raw. So I started watching the Netflix made TV series and it got really good. And I was like, damn it. I could finish this whole damn season tonight, but I got to go to watch a three hour Raw. And then I got to do a post show. So, yeah.
0: You look festive, Denise. Are you in the Christmas spirit?
2: Did you see my tweet? Or are you just saying that?
0: No, I didn't see your tweet. Oh, shit. I I, I literally,
2: thanks, Sean. Bury my Twitter account. I appreciate it. Uh, um, you know, I'm just here busting my ass, trying to grow that thing and just bury it. Uh, I posted that I felt like I look like a Christmas tree today. So, so I thought you, you read so my tweet.
0: You love Christmas now.
2: No, I don't. Why? I just, we know how I feel, Sean. It's Did overrated. He,
0: okay. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Elf? Elf? It's so funny. It's not. It's so- Yeah, no,
2: it's funny, Sean. It's it's, funny. No, do not talk shit on Will Ferrell or Elf. Because that stuff is- Oh, hells no. Elf is so- Elf is good. Sorry. Mm -mm. I will not take any Elf hate. It's the only Christmas movie that I can watch.
0: But what's your beef with Christmas?
2: I was unloved as a child and I never got any Christmas gifts.
0: That isn't true at all.
2: You true. have a loving
0: family. That isn't, that you don't isn't know true that.
2: whatsoever. Yes, not sure. You don't do. know that. No, you oh. don't.
0: Oh, I know plenty about your mom. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I'm just I, I want to get to the core of this problem, Denise, because I get the feeling that we're not going to be talking much about Raw tonight. By the way, guys, get in your super chats and your Humper Chats. HumperChat.com gets your question or statement read right on the air. Please leave a thumbs up. And if you want to get in the Christmas spirit, you can join myself and the rest of the fightful staff. Next Tuesday, 6 pm Eastern, we're doing a Christmas bonus stream. All the proceeds will go towards not me, the rest of the staff and uh, Christmas bonuses and the like. Usually freelancers don't don't get that type of thing, but at Fightful by God, we make sure they do. So swing by 6 pm. You can also leave a humper chat anytime before the stream is already set up. So if you want to head over there, And go ahead and leave one right now. Have your question statement read on the air on that. You can as well. Denise, tell me why you truly hate Christmas. Why are you such a Grinch? Why are you such a Scrooge? Why are you such a Hans Gruber? Why are you a little gremlin?
2: Sean, I already told you I was unloved as a child and didn't get any Christmas gifts. I already told you. Okay, Fine fine okay you're like love-
0: you're like the penguin in, in the christmas batman movie <laughs> That that's you
2: oh i don't think i've seen that
0: of course you haven't you hate christmas
2: yeah i don't think i've seen that i just look i just i i i like christmas when my gift is like right in front of me when i know it's time for me to open presents and they're for me i love christmas then like that
0: is greedy you know? that yeah, that is. And-
2: Sean, there are two types of people in this world. There are giving people and there are greedy people. And I am the greedy people. I just like to receive gifts and that's all I care about. So all this extra stuff is not for me. You know, last year, I didn't even have a Christmas tree. I I legitimately did not put up a Christmas tree. I was like the only person that I know that did not have a Christmas tree.
0: This is heartbreaking. J.D.B. Pringle says the original Lethal Weapon is also a Christmas movie. Uh, Omar Diaz says that's Cap, Denise. Everybody knows that you have a loving family, Denise.
2: What is Cap?
0: It means you're lying. Valab says oh. Elf is all right. Die Hard is my Christmas movie. Come at me, trolls. I love Die Hard. Die Hard is one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time.
2: I started watching Die Hard, and I think I got through like two minutes, and I was like, this is boring, and I went into something else. Sorry, Sean. What Are is your
0: I I can't think of a less boring movie than Die Hard.
2: Wait, so are you saying it's boring too?
0: Oh, Denise.
2: I'm Denise. sorry. It was boring.
0: Please guys, get in your Humper chats at humperchat.com or humperchats.com. Donate your super chats as well because we're gonna need something to talk about. Please
2: do because tonight. I could have been watching Netflix, man. I could have had these last four hours, Sean. I would have been four episodes deep in right now.
0: Amir says, "Are we getting a Grinch song this year too?" No, but I got something coming for Denise. I got something coming for the Hans Gruber of Fightful.
2: You know, Sean, I was I was very upset today. I gotta Graham tell says, you why.
0: Graham says, you're a mean one, Miss Denise.
2: You should replay that, by the way. Like for our Christmas episode, that's what? The 27th? I will.
0: I'll do that. No, it's It's, it's 21st.
2: When's Christmas? Oh, yeah, the 25th. Sorry, I was confusing it with New Year's.
0: Yeah, well, well, I mean, I'll play it on the the Christmas bonus stream next week. But why were you mad? Why were you mad tonight? Because
2: I saw that you promoted the Christmas stream. And as of that moment, I had not received an invite from you. Nobody had,
0: Denise.
2: I legitimately was upset. I was like, I cannot believe Sean literally invited whoever and didn't invite me. I felt so upset.
0: Denise, you got invited at the same time everybody did. I decided what it was. I don't like that.
2: I want an exclusive invite. I want an invitation that is going to come in, a pop-up with a little jingle bell playing. You're invited to the Christmas stream.
0: Anakin sent a Humper Chat at HumperChat.com. Said, Sean, we went over this last year. Denise hates Christmas because she hates boxes, remember?
2: Oh, yeah, I do hate boxes, too.
0: And Anany Mouse says, early post-Raw chat. Working super late tonight doing invoicing past midnight. I feel you, brother. Me, too. Uh, Counting on you guys to keep me company. Hope Raw was decent. Hope I didn't just jinx it. Also, fun (laughs) fact, even bad Raws make for good background noise while doing office work. Well, I mean, as I always say, I'd rather cover bad wrestling than do any other kind of work like it's it's a good position to be in but i'll tell you what helps it out a little bit denise what? when people send in super chats and humper chats about hook the goat
2: we're still talking about hook hell we're yeah still talking I'm about glad because i didn't get to talk about hooks debut because i was working
0: okay well p.m mike says hook is where you hope dominic mysterio is at and anakin says just make this more hook talk bound to be better than whatever the heck happened tonight. Uh, Hook had an incredible showing on Friday, Denise.
2: Dude, okay, so I had to work that day, all right? And you you know how it is, all right? I have never had... So much FOMO, knowing that everybody was watching Hook's debut, and I was working. I kept thinking to myself, "Damn it, Denise! Like, why? you Why? Why? You could have been watching Hook right now." Um. So immediately, I, I will tell you, I have not seen SmackDown. I have not even seen the entire episode of Rampage because I've been so busy. But I took time. Literally right after work, keep in mind, I had to take a fl- I had to leave to the airport at like 4 a.m. in the morning and I got home like at midnight. But I still found at least a couple of minutes to watch Hook's debut on Rampage. And dude, I was so uh, first of all, Sean, I have a question for you. Here's my first question. When the how was the last time that someone or like the fan base was overall so excited for somebody's freaking debut? Like
0: I that was that was special. That was very special.
2: I don't even remember like when I mean you can say Braun Breaker, okay, but I don't even think it was that to that level of people being excited for Braun Breaker.
0: Well, I mean, Braun Breakers was all like one night. Like we didn't even know it was coming. It That's just happened. True too, yeah. It happened and we were like, man, this guy rules.
2: But then even like the post, like the post, like even after the match. Okay, fine. Like people were talking about it, but I don't think that the buzz was necessarily as much. And I started to think about that. I was like, you know what? It's freaking crazy that I'm sitting here having FOMO for for a debut of a guy that I haven't even seen wrestle. Like this is this feels pretty important. So whatever. I Dude, I liked everything that they did. I thought that he came out and that he looked uh, he looked pretty impressive, had a good physique. I know the girls are going to be all over him. Uh, he reminded me of like a, uh, you know, Samoa Joe and like Ring of Honor. Like that's the kind of vibe that I got from him. Obviously, you know, he's still going to, you know, improve and continue getting better. But I just thought to myself, I keep like, if, here's the interesting part. He comes out and he reminds me of a Ring of Honor Samoa Joe. Yet he looks like he could be in the cast of Riverdale, which to me yeah. was pretty interesting to like kind of see. But I thought they, they, they did a lot of they cool got things. a lot of
0: people like that, Denise. They got a lot of those those guys that are gonna they're gonna attract a younger audience. Like, and I don't mean like a, an eight nine year old, like a teenage audience, like a, a twenty something audience.
2: I would say, I would say younger because he's what he's 21. Like I can't give the eyes to hook. Like I would feel, I'm, I feel like a mother next to him. Okay. So it ain't (laughs) going to work, Uh, but no, they did a lot of really good stuff. Like I love like even him just like turning his back and not, you know, acknowledging his opponent that that was great. The hairstyle was very, very hip. Like the way they did it, you know,
0: he was cocky without being cocky. He just went in there, handled business and hit the bricks. I saw people like, doing this weird thing where they're like, oh, he's too little, he's too little. And then people were like, no, he's this size. His 2018 college lacrosse measurements were six foot tall and 184 pounds. And I saw people saying, no way he's 201 pounds. It's not hard to believe that he's 200 pounds after being 184 when he was like 17, 18 years old. Like it was like some of of the weird criticism points that people were trying to dig up got really really weird um pringle said there was a weird nil thing WWE showed with its future talent what happens when WWE changes all their names one of those guys or gals will be bearcat bearcat breaker wagner bet on it i mean some of them will have their names changed for sure if one of them wins like a gold medal or something i doubt i doubt they're changing gable stevenson's name even though he's got an nil deal denise
2: I think that the people like that are much bigger should not get their name changed. For example, one of the things that I saw was this Cavender twin girls. I don't know anything about them other than what WWE put out, but I did see that people were saying that they got a TikTok following and stuff like that. All right. If you're, if you're like, if you, that was part of the reason additionally on top of the athletics, you know, they brought them in because they're athletic and they're actually, you know, athletes okay great but if they also have a following i feel like you should not change those people's names because you want to have those people essentially brought into you to watch your product like that to me is a bonus on top of them being athletes so i think it should depend uh, like a a case-by-case basis whether or not people essentially get their name changed
0: so cadillac carson uh, says i didn't know we can still talk about hook what a great debut friday and alicia ellis says out of all the WWE main shows, what percentage of them actually advertise matches that happen? One of those things I like about AEW that gets me excited to watch, Hooker for Life. Well, I mean, AEW has plenty, uh, plenty of matches that get advertised and have to be delayed or canceled or rescheduled. It feels like it happens once a week or once every two weeks. So I'm not going to like criticize WWE heavily for that, especially in the environment that we are in. Uh, it, it's, it's tough to follow through on a lot of that stuff when it's out of your control. Pedro says I've been listening to the chairman's intent by action. Bronson because of hook great song choice for his entrance. He's going to be huge. I, I think that's great that they, they license music for him. Makes him feel I'm, special.
2: I'm interested to see what kind of year he's going to have Sean, because think about everything that AEW did with Darby Allen and how much growth he's had. Uh, same thing with jungle boy. I feel like right now, uh, they need to essentially ride this wave of momentum, all of this buzz that Hook has. They need to make sure to utilize that on AEW. So I'm curious to see what this next year is going to be like for him. Uh, I think he has a potential of having a very, very hot year, especially if this is like, if given what we saw already from him in the ring, like given his amount of training, it's going to be interesting to see how much he grows within uh, this following year.
0: Matthew Mikofsky says, Veer has to be walking from India at this point. Well, let's talk about Raw, which Alicia Ellis says she didn't watch because that Ram Cardinals game was fire, but came to the post-show. Veer is still coming. Uh, Hook got here before Veer. Hook was sent before Veer came. Uh, Pause there. But we started off this show with Riddle versus Otis. Uh, Now, first off, I want to say I loved the finish of this, which was a pop-up world's strongest slam. That was about the extent of it. Uh, Otis did not sell whatsoever in this match. Not a lick of selling. I said that he sold like a GNC employee on day fourteen of their two-week <laughs> notice. He wasn't. He didn't care about moving those vitamins. He wasn't selling anything. Just me, me, me. Pop-up power slam win. This was. Oh gosh. It was so meh that I'm saving what happened before the match to talk about after the match, Denise
2: okay I didn't feel the same way you did Sean I liked wow. this match wow. I'm sorry I kind of thought it was fun I liked it I liked Matt Riddle essentially trying to you know bring down Otis you know Otis is a you know, big wall I was cracking up when Chad Gable like I like all of the okay so match wise I like all like the series of kicks that Matt Riddle was giving to Otis I liked him like essentially just trying to do like anything to bring him down with the palm strikes the two knees to the face etc and then uh freaking Otis just coming through and giving them the close. Line and knocking him out. I liked all that. I think Otis needed that. Like his character, like he's getting he's the mad face, but there's been nothing beyond that, other than he looks grumpy and he's no longer the happy Otis that we know. But I was dying when Chad Gable was like, that's my number one guy. That's my number one guy. I was dying over that. I didn't hate this. Uh I I, I, I did not hate this. I think out of a lot of what I've seen on Raw the past, you know, whatever period, this there's been far worse.
0: So uh, before this, Randy is backstage talking to Riddle, and Riddle is not convinced that his broadcast career is over. He says he's going to start a podcast, Denise. Well, let me show you why that's a bad idea, Denise. Instead, he goes, no, I'm back. I'm digging great or digging holes and taking souls is what he said.
1: Digging holes. (laughs) Digging
0: holes (laughs) and taking souls. (laughs) That's, that's him. <laughs> the guy's got it. He still got
1: it. He still got it. Uh,
0: Jesus um, Christ, Matt. Uh, that's actually what the crowd chanted at him. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. That's, a, that's amazing. <laughs> Dig in. Oh. stop. <laughs> Jesus, I don't I don't get broken on my own show. Ah, oh, Jesus. Uh, oh, your interest in a 50-year-old Undertaker wrestling again. You know the thing about the 50-year-old Undertaker is the guy pushes the Guida face.
2: John, can you please explain to me what was happening there?
0: Have you ever heard of marijuana, Denise?
2: Yes, I've heard of marijuana. Because
0: I get the feeling that that's what was going on there. That's what I'm going to assume was going on there.
2: (laughs) Because he was, like, having the time of his life, and you were like...
0: (laughs) I was try. I was trying to you- keep it together. I was trying to guide this that. new show.
2: I noticed that right away. I was like, "Okay, I've known Sean long enough that he was trying to figure out a way to navigate himself back into the show." And Matt Riddle was just sitting there laughing, I- <laughs> laughing.
0: <laughs> that was it great. It was. It was. A, it was a task, and I've not talked to the fe- talk to the fella in three years. But um, I would imagine it's pretty well the same today if he does a podcast. Um, Ken Shiro says even the editing in that clip was like watching a Cheech and Chong skit. Well, good luck. And I mean, I know a lot of you have seen that. A lot of you haven't seen that. A lot of you are like Riddle used to do a podcast here. Shane Helms used to uh, Elias Theodoro, who is also a uh, notorious, notorious reefer smoker. Lots so of, what you're
2: saying is you used to have stars on this show and then you got stuck with me.
0: I mean, I'll, I'll say this. We do about 10 times the traffic that the riddle and helms and Frank Trigg shows and all those did. I'm just saying. All
1: Me
2: right. Well, then you know Me what? You. Then you know what? I'm, fr- I'm clipping this out and I'm going to make sure to put this in my evaluation. The next time you're doing these fightful raises, uh-huh. I'm going to clip that out and I'm going to send it to you.
0: <laughs> Valab says he's ganjo with the, <laughs> with the wind.
2: Oh God. Oh,
0: Jesus. Well, I
2: remember, when I interviewed him at SummerSlam I asked him one question I don't I think it was about winning the titles right or I forgot what the hell I asked him right yeah it was about that about the titles and one question was all it took and I think it ended up being like a five minute or something minute interview and it was just him going off about I don't even know I think at one point I couldn't follow anymore I was just like yeah great but it was fantastic because he just kept going
0: Pro Wrestling Podcast says Veer is coming to Raw. Does he need a GPS? Someone needs to help him. He's lost. And if you want to see, in my opinion, the funniest Matt Riddle moment, Google UFC 149 Calgary uh, promo. He cut this wild promo on British people that was really, really funny. Well, Denise, we had Bianca versus Dewdrop again, and this one resulted in a finish. Bianca wins... And then Dewdrop attacks her because this ain't over. This ain't over, Denise. Um, I didn't, this match did not hit nearly as well as the last one did for me. There were, there was one spot in particular that Hurricane run, and it was not on Bianca. Dewdrop was way behind on selling that. Some of the clotheslines that were being thrown were just like, eh, eh, eh. Now, there are some spots like Bianca trying to body slam her and then Dewdrop. Doing it. I like that. I love the 450. The 450 was great from Bianca, but there was so much of this I just didn't like, especially after I loved it so much last week.
2: See, that's the thing. Well, first of all, before I critique this match, I just want to say, and I get it. I get why they did this. I get the story. I get it. But damn. It just, I don't want to see a rematch with Dewdrop and Bianca after they had Dewdrop essentially walk away. I'm sorry, but to me, it's like, you don't get a rematch after walking away. It's like you walk out from work. You think your boss is going to call you back? He's going to be like, nah, bro, you're fired. Um, so for me, I was just kind of like, oh, I don't care for seeing a rematch. But then the match started and I thought, okay, fine, whatever. Let me pay attention. And unfortunately, so there were two things I liked and then everything else I didn't like. So oh, actually, three things that I liked. So the three things that I did like was the aggression that we got from Dewdrop, the 450, well, the finish. So never mind. So two things I liked. Um, The aggression from Dewdrop, I liked the finish. This one was way better than last week's, but anything would have been better because again, she walked away last week. But the match itself was very, very sloppy. It got saved a little bit by the aggression that Dewdrop was bringing, and we all know that Bianca Belair is already athletic. We all know that, but the but the match was so clunky. Even just like there was a simple moment where uh, freaking Bianca Belair did a leapfrog, and even then that was off, which you never really see Bianca kind of have like an off. Uh, moment she usually does things like everything like really crisp but it was just one thing after another it did not click whatsoever this match did not uh this was the weakest out of those two Tamina matches that she's had and then this match that she had with dude drop this was probably the weakest Bianca Belair match that I've seen I don't know like I don't really know like what went wrong it just wasn't coming out like a cohesive match
0: yeah, it didn't work. and then they're, they're, It's like they're running it back again. And I'm like, well, why? Why? Bianca won. Okay, because do drop hitter from behind? Why should I give a shit?
2: See, now that part I didn't necessarily hate. So I didn't hate the post match attack. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. I was like, all right, I get what they're going with this. This is, we're going to bring continues to see this all the way on to day one. I get all of that fine, but it, the match itself just didn't do it for me
0: yeah oh man it just wasn't wasn't there she she, bianca's won by count out she's won by pin there you go uh normhausen says hey juicy people glad you made it through the storm srs will hannibal face any charges hola um i i don't think it's a coincidence that he dragged down the footage of that situation but i don't want to speculate or anything like that but uh you know Adrian Wells, uh, thank you for sending a super sticker of a fox. I greatly appreciate that. Pro Wrestling Podcast compliments my beard. Uh, Thank you. Thanks. What about my
2: beard, bro? My beard's way better than yours.
0: I guess so. Uh, Joel Wood says, Three things are guaranteed in life. Death, taxes, and Veer coming to Raw. Veer, yeah. Veer, well, I don't know about him actually finally making it to Raw. But Alicia Ellis says... What do you even think Veer is going to do whenever he appears? Well, at this point, Denise, they should just get in on the gag and have him, like, walking somewhere.
2: Sean, can we please take a second here and realize what's happening on this podcast? What? The most over thing is Veer. How is what's going on here? He uh, he's the most over thing literally just because they've been saying he's been he's coming soon to Raw for god knows how long now.
0: Yeah. That's sad. That's very very sad. Anakin JMT says maybe Veer is having Michael Scott use his GPS to drive him to Raw. Somebody start checking lakes. Oh, boy.
2: <laughs> Did, oh, I, well, I know you don't pay attention to my Twitter account, but I made a Liam Neeson joke. You know, his t- the take in when he goes, I'm going to find you. Yeah. I'm going to kill you. But I just put the part where he says, I'm going to find you. Hey, man, Liam Neeson can find anybody. So I'm putting him on the case. We're
0: going to send Dog the Bounty Hunter after him. That's what's going to happen. Cadillac Carson says your beard looks great, Denise. Thank you so much. A Thank reminder, you. guys, we have a stream set up for next Tuesday for uh christmas bonuses for the fightful staff you can go ahead and leave a super chat on that now uh you can do it all through the week stream labs keeps them all so and, and if not if stream doesn't our great moderator Luis will who was also on our final battle show with me and rob wilkins this past saturday check it out
2: i'm gonna have a surprise sean for that christmas stream oh, really yeah, I was going to text you my surprise, but I didn't want to annoy you on your DM, so I decided not to tell you about it. But I'm going to have a surprise. You,
0: you have annoyed me one time in the <laughs> DMs, and you know exactly when that was.
2: Dude, that was the— <laughs> I <laughs> knew was- it was
0: bullshit. I knew I was playing into some bit. I knew immediately. <laughs> I knew I was playing into some bit, but I was like, you, you know, know?
2: what— how because you you? No you don't have scoops. Yeah, but I never, I never joke around with you on DM. I, if I message you on DM, it's for something serious. Okay. Denise. So I knew you were going to fall for it. I okay. was like, he does not see this okay. coming. I knew ne- it was out of nowhere for you.
0: Okay. Let's, let's just say Denise says she never jokes with me on DM. Okay. I Do not going
2: read to- my DMS. <laughs> Those are <I'm> a- private.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm going to read today or actually what did i say no
2: because i talk a lot of shit sean
0: okay first off denise is gonna get muted i said redacted told me you said very nice things about me during redacted i really appreciate that denise says they lied i buried you six feet under cry face emoji then a separate message With two more cry face emojis. And it's not even like the normal one. It's the sideways cry face emojis. JK, you're welcome. Also, you misspelled your.
2: Okay, first of all, it's DM. So any of you haven't noticed, I misspell everything in DMs. uh, Because I type really fast and don't even bother. Uh, But you know what? Thank you, Sean, for revealing that information. Mm. Uh, I'm no longer going to be DMing you.
0: Pro Wrestling Podcast says, you. one of these days I really want to interview you, Sean, would be a great Christmas present. Uh, I've scaled back on doing those uh, quite a bit lately. I had a couple of really bad experiences with some people who ended up being fucking weirdos. Denise, I'm going to mute you because it's not a joking matter, but uh, I'm going to do. I know you made a joke, Denise. (laughs) I know you did, Uh, but I'm going to do. Uh, well i did one with chris van vliet that's gonna drop next week and i interviewed him as well i might change that uh next year though J Blood says hashtag step heel i knew it we all knew it eloquent says denise exposed smh and then rh says i didn't bother with raw but it's great to have the most fun on monday nights with santa sap and the step host who hates christmas i am santa ross sap
2: I can't speak anymore because I feel like everything I say is gonna get me in trouble. I love oh. how you were like Denise is gonna make an inappropriate joke. And let me mute her because she's a bitch.
0: I mean, th- okay. <laughs> That's what you
2: basically said, Denise. You're a mean girl, and you're gonna say mean things right now. <laughs> let me mute you. I know you don't
0: pay attention to my Twitter, and I don't blame anybody who doesn't. But I pretty I, as I-,
2: I don't pay attention to your Twitter, I pay attention because I'm a caring friend. Okay. That's I what like friends it. do. They support each other on Twitter.
0: I laid out why I don't do uh, podcast interviews. And I'm I know pe- everybody's sure. I didn't
2: like,
0: see. yeah, exactly. I'll tell you off the I've been
2: busy this weekend. Sorry. Uh-huh.
0: Uh, Normhausen says, Veer is in the Alistair Black closet. Somebody find the key. Joel Wood says, WDB is such a horrible company. It's obvious Veer is lost and nobody's even bothering to look for the guy. And Vallabh says, bro, do you know how long it takes to walk from here to India? Cut Veer some slack. Do you think he's swimming as well? <laughs> That's fucked
2: up. poor veer man i don't know maybe he's on a cruise ship those take a while he's swimming Mm. he could be he could be sailing he could be like on a little raft like in the life of Pi. i guess so i don't know maybe he was the little mermaid now and now he's living underwater
0: uh james says i was gonna apologize for my step host jokes but with denise turning heel on christmas she's turned into the step grinch that she has guys battle her grinchiness leave us a thumbs up it would it would make It would make things a lot better for me. Uh, Vince is backstage with Austin Theory. And James Nepper says, I think Vince McMahon just played the South Park Fractured But Whole video game where you take selfies with everyone and he's recreating it with Austin Theory as his character. Well, Denise, there was a very uncomfortable backstage segment with Austin Theory and Vince McMahon where he threatened to, I think, Hold him down with like the biggest weapon ever. And it was the pencil because he's he's the booker. Ha ha ha. Wink wink. Nudge nudge. Then we get a, quite frankly, a stretch of some really bad finishes on this show. I'm talking distraction, 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 DQ. Like, there are like five funky finishes on this show. Damian Priest, Finn Balor. Lose to the dirty D Wags, Denise, when Austin Theory is taking a selfie with Finn Balor and Dolph Ziggler hits the zigzag. Now, I know Balor's got to pick up some wins, but Marcus8915 says Balor went from a really good second NXT run to getting pinned off a distraction from a selfie. Oh boy. And now, what are they going to do? They're going to tie the Intercontinental title up in or the U.S. title up in this. This goofiness, probably because Ziggler already wants his match with Priest.
2: Oh, Sean, okay. I'm really upset how fast you scrolled through that Austin Theory of Vince McMahon segment because there's. Oh, it's, it's more all in one. It's all, okay. it's all in one
0: goofiness. Well, for the yeah.
2: people that did not watch Raw and are just listening to this post show, and for the people that did not see the screenshots or the GIFs or anything like that, please, those couple of seconds when Vince McMahon was. Doing I don't know what with his hand underneath the table. I was like, where is this going? I got so nervous for those couple of seconds. I, I it was so inappropriate. I didn't know where it was going. Uh, it, it it just it didn't look right at all. And I hate to say this, but I couldn't understand half of what was said afterwards. All I heard was something, something pencil, something, something. Eraser I don't even know what happened during this segment I couldn't hear any of it but it was very very uncomfortable but it was hilarious though it was hilarious because it, it was super random like super random um okay and now for the actual <laughs> match <laughs> Okay. It was
0: it was an uncomfortable segment, too. Yeah,
2: thank you. It it was very uncomfortable. Um, so for this actual match, I'm literally just gonna sound like a damn broken record, but I've been saying this literally on all of our post shows, Sean is what the hell are they doing with Finn Balor? And it's progressively gotten worse. I it's been like four weeks now, five weeks now. I don't even know how many weeks where I come on this show and I'm saying, what the hell are they doing with Finn Balor? What are they doing with Finn Balor? These the way that they've been booking him has been utter and complete crap. And then we come out here today and he gets distracted. Did... By a freaking selfie and ends up getting pinned by Dolph Ziggler I'm sorry but that was not believable whatsoever it was very very silly it was a terrible nothing match uh that led that had a terrible nothing finish and it made Finn Balor look like crap and when you think about it this is what pisses me off Sean is that at the end of this week I'm gonna do like a best of in wrestling 2021 podcast when I think of some of my favorite matches that took place in 2021 a lot of them have Finn Balor's name on it, and all of those were like so early on, in like what I don't know, January or February of this year. And I just think to myself, how the hell did we go from like Finn Balor doing legitimately some great stuff on NXT to and being like a great champion, and to this? It, it, it's just such a drop from the freaking hill. I don't know. It, it, it's not. It's bad.
0: John Vasquez says Finn said he didn't need WWE. Now the consequences. Uh, I'm gonna try to find out what's up with uh, what's up with his his deal, like. But I I don't know. But this was one of many. And Damian Priest isn't losing. But and I get it. Ba- Ziggler's gonna compete for the Intercontinental t- or the the U.S. title or whatever. But when I see Nakamura tied up in the nonsense he's tied up in with the Intercontinental title tied up on it on SmackDown, it really makes me go, oh, this ain't great.
2: So I'll tell you something. So my uh, fiance's nephew was the biggest Finn Balor fan. Like Finn Balor was the reason that he would watch wrestling. Like that was his guy. That was his favorite wrestler. He would watch the pay-per-views literally just because of Finn Balor, go on YouTube and watch the clips that had to do with Finn Balor. And ever since like actually when Finn Balor left to NXT and he wasn't no longer on the main roster, he stopped watching wrestling altogether, Sean. You yeah. gotta like think like there's if it's not for a certain wrestler when you're at a young age like that, there are certain wrestlers that pique your interest and keep you watching. For me, it was Chris Jericho, he was the one that gauged my interest as a kid and kept me watching, you know, throughout the years as I developed more favorite wrestlers, etc. But Finn Balor is a cool freaking character where he appeals. This is gonna sound wrong, but he appears to appeals to little boys and you know everybody in general. Sure. So, like, having to having uh, lessening a character like that only sort of, you know, damages, you know, eventually getting people over. Um, it's just, yeah, it does nothing.
0: Oh, AJ and Omos backstage, they, they made amends. This was quick. It was simple. AJ was like, it wasn't just about helping my career. I like the kid. He's good. And they made up. I like seeing this sometimes. Like, if they have accomplished all this together and they've grown so close, why wouldn't they get over a little squabble?
2: That doesn't happen in real life. Yes, it does.
0: My God, you're a terrible friend.
2: No, yeah. I've had a beef with my friends. That's it. We're done. We're not friends anymore.
0: Well, we had Miz TV. Miz is in the 2022 Hall of Fame, apparently. Well, Maurice, sure as heck is. She's a star. She's awesome. But then Edge comes out. And then it all goes downhill, Denise. It ends with Maurice slapping Miz and hitting the bricks. I didn't see this coming.
2: I didn't see this coming. I wouldn't say this went downhill. I actually have to disagree with you on that. When Maurice got... It all went downhill for The Miz. Oh, oh, you mean for The Miz. Oh, I thought you meant like in general, the actual segment. Okay, so first of all, I will say that this is the best story that The Miz has been in in like a good amount of time uh, because I've actually had some interest in this whole Edge-Miss storyline. I like it. I like what they've been doing this past couple of weeks. I thought everything that happened today between Edge and Miss fell in line with the story that they're telling, but I wasn't expecting the whole thing with Maurice and him putting her in front of him. I thought she was going to be cool with it just because, you know, they're all in love and obsessed with each other and they're both heels. That's what I thought was going to happen. So when she reacted the way she did, I was like, hell yeah. And then when she got into Face, I, I thought, okay, well, he's just gonna sweet talk her, and this is not gonna be anything. But then when she slapped him, I popped for it. I was like, hell yeah, Maurice slapped him. This is great. Um, I like this,
0: yeah, I did too. I think it worked really well. Uh, I, I think that Miz did great, Maurice did great, Edge did great. Sometimes the Miz has got to get one up, but I mean, even then, a lot of his future is thrown into question because Maurice, this has never been an issue with Maurice and Miz. But I'm hoping it's a swerve.
2: I think it has to yeah. be. Like, why wouldn't it be? Do you think she's gonna appeal to Edge's soft spot now that you know he's a husband, he's a father? She's gonna be like, oh my god, you know, my husband just totally put me in front of him, in front of him as a shield, and we have children, etc. And it's just gonna be like, I'm so sorry, Maurice. I don't Maybe. know.
0: Maybe possibly. I think that's possible. I I think I thought this was one of the best things on Raw tonight. Uh, I thought that they all played it really well. Edge is super over. No matter what he does, that guy is ridiculously over and will continue to be so.
2: I liked when the Miz said, oh, Edge, you think you know me?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mike says, who will show up first? Veer, Elias, or Shotzi? Uh, Veer, from what I'm hearing. Um, Because I don't know of any plans for the other two. What do we got? We got uh, J.W. Pringle sending a great super chat, as he always says. Thank you for this generous super chat, J.W. Pringle. He says, mental health moment. It's a hard time of year for a lot of us. If you think you need help, please reach out. Whether it's substance abuse, depression, anxiety, or you need someone to talk to, please reach out. We need you here with us. Much love. Uh, As always, utilize the the resources on uh, NAMI Communicate on Twitter. Uh, NAMI has a great uh, set of resources that can help uh, any number of things that you might be going through. And maybe ease the process, familiarize it with you. You might not know where to start, where to go. Nami does a really, really good job of that. Um, I'll tell you what is not a good job. Rhea Ripley got pinned in 48 seconds by Zelina off a distraction because Nikki got attacked. Now, I I want to preface this and I'll say the one good thing. Zelina has been major protected since the Queen's Crown thing. However, when there is such a stark contrast from her losing... Every single match before she got fired, every single match when she came back. And then now it's like, well, here you go. Boy, is that a tough thing to get acclimated to. It's it is. not believable. It, it's, it's tough, especially when it's a WrestleMania championship winner, Rhea Ripley, 48 seconds, Denise, a crucifix pin. Monet Sanders says, with Rhea mentioning Charlotte and how she never beat her, makes me feel like Rhea will win the Rumble and challenge Charlotte. Hope she beats her if so. Well, this sure as hell ain't the way to build up somebody for a Royal Rumble win, Denise.
2: And it was so dumb because she, she basically, you know, she's going to Nikki and she's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like. Why are you guys treating her like she's so fragile? Like this one little thing is just gonna break her. I'm sorry, but it looked really bad. And keep in mind that this match followed the uh, the tag team match with Finn and uh, Priest and uh, Dolphin Robert's Robert Roode. So you had that finish, and then you go into this match, and then you have that finish. So it's literally back to back, and you're just thinking, like, damn. Um, first of all. Pros Rhea Ripley's a good friend. She's nice and all. And I great for her. But I don't like the way that they're making Nikki essentially look like she's uh, I don't know, fragile, some sort of damsel in distress. I I don't like that. These are two former raw women's champions. Um, it just it wasn't believable the way this whole thing went down. And as much as like I I like that they're keeping uh, Zelina strong, but it's just not believable in the way that they are doing it. Like, I can't buy it. I have to suspend my disbelief a whole lot to uh, to to see that. If it would have been, like, if she's going out there and having these competitive matches and getting these wins, I'd be like, oh, hell yeah, good for her. Oh, my God. But the way these wins are happening is just very, um, it's just, it's so generic.
0: Consistently throughout Rhea Ripley's career, NXT and WDB, she has been portrayed, like, up here. Like, not quite up here like right here, Zelina has been portrayed all the way down here and is just rising. At times, she wasn't even a wrestler. Yeah, So I'm glad they're keeping her strong. I think she's more than competent in the ring. Uh, But Brian Botis says, how incompetent do you have to be to screw up Rhea Ripley? No universe should she be losing to Zelina Vega. She needs to get the hell out of that, uh, that company. God, WWE's booking is so terrible. That was the last straw for me. I think there's there's places and times for her to lose this to Zelina, but not 48 seconds off a distraction on a random episode of Monday Night Raw. To me, that tells me one thing, Denise. It tells me that Rhea has not been taking her athletic greens, her AG1. Man, it would help her a lot more than one of those multivitamins that she takes. It's easier on your stomach. One tasty scoop of AG1 contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food-sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more in one convenient daily serving. I switched to this from a normal multivitamin, and I feel more energetic. It's helped my immune system. It's replaced all the vitamins, the pills that I usually take in one drink. I drink it down. I'm good to go. And right now, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune-supporting free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. If you visit at athleticgreens.com slash Fightful today, it's got dairy-free probiotics, adaptogens, and antioxidants, a superfood complex, digestive enzymes, a mushroom complex, This stuff is fantastic for you. I've uh, looked to gain energy throughout the day in different ways than just a normal energy drink uh, every single day. I've been cutting back on those. And this was a great way to change that. Athleticgreens.com slash Fightful has made me feel great. Hit them up at Athletic Greens on Twitter. Even if you don't buy the product, just let them know you heard about them from us. I don't care if you DM them, you tweet them, anything. If you let them know you heard about them from us, it greatly helps us. Rem says thanks for watching Raw, so we don't have to. Just a friendly reminder that Hook and Superman once had a fight where the loser has to wear underpants over their clothes. Clever. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. James Barr says WWE babyface retrospective: Sami Zayn and Bailey. As white hot baby faces debuting at roughly the same time. How have they botched this? Inconceivable. Uh, it's not inconceivable if you've watched WWE for any extended period of time. They cannot book baby faces. They struggle to book baby faces. They think baby faces getting embarrassed, losing makes them sympathetic. No, it makes them look stupid and it makes them look like losers. And most people don't want to cheer on a loser. Not every loser is a lovable loser. <laughs> Becky and Liv, Becky comes out, cuts her promo. Liv comes out, proves that Becky cheated to win. They have a rematch scheduled for day one. Uh how do you how do you feel Becky did here? I'm I'm liking her heel work more and more each week. I just love that she like after the beatdown, she was like, ah, I'm gonna go home, hang out with my hot husband and take care of my baby. See you later. Uh she she was like, oh, you know, everybody wants the underdog to win, but sometimes the person who's not the underdog is just better. My only complaint is the same complaint I always had with Finn Balor when he would do drop kicks on the floor. It looks like it hurt Becky to do that drop kick into the stairs more than it hurt Liv. Other than that, I thought this was pretty good, And especially if we're grading on the WWE curve, I thought this was pretty good.
2: They're doing a an interesting job at trying to garner sympathy for Liv Morgan. There are certain things that I like that they do to garner some sympathy for her. And there are other things where I'm like, Nope, that's not working for me. Like I, I don't want them to make live into like, I don't know how to explain it. Like if she comes out and she's like, I'm not going to lie. I cried. I'm like, don't tell people that. I, it, like I get what she was trying to do. Like the fearless thing, right? She, she just made fun of Becky
0: for crying two weeks right? ago.
2: Right. Like, I didn't like that. For some reason, it just didn't set right with me. And I'm not saying don't cry and show your emotions. That's not what this was about. It just kind of felt like, no, live. like you should be angry, like you should be mad right now. So I kind of felt like we should have seen a little bit more of that. And then afterwards, the way they, they, she was there crying on the steel steps, I thought, Okay, like, I get it. They're also kind of giving her the, not like a damsel in distress thing, but I just don't, there were certain things that I didn't like about what they were doing with Liv Morgan today, because even though I like Liv Morgan, I can't cheer Somebody that is like, oh, well, I went home and I cried and this and that. So I wasn't really feeling that. And then Becky Becky Lynch was savage. She basically told her, I have a hot husband. I have a bout. I have a baby. And you got nothing. She was like those savage freaking like Beverly housewife girls that are like, I got everything in your trash.
0: Damn. That's what it was, Sean. I thought it was good. I did. I, I think some of the promo work we saw tonight. Between like Owens and Rollins and then Becky and Liv and then Miz and Edge. I thought that those were the highlights of Raw tonight. And and some of the action we saw in the main event, but we saw so many stupid ass finishes, so many dumb ass finishes. And then when we saw a clean finish, it was Dewdrop attacking, attacking uh Bianca afterwards. It was Randy trying to attack Otis afterwards. It's like, bro, he won fair and square. Ehh. It's just never just straight up win-loss. Let's progress. Uh, super Dim thank you so much for the super chat. If you have a question, uh, Luis will take it down. We have Nerd Guru saying, late to the party, had some PV problems, but I saw Becky's segment and I love it. Who did Finn Balor sneeze at? I think Rollins <laughs> wins the title. I, I agree. It seems like Balor is just not in favor of whoever, and that's just a personal assumption. It's not a report.
2: Do you think Finn Balor went up to Vince McMahon and was like, hey, Vince, how are you doing? ha
0: He slapped Vince and he said, expect the unexpected, Vince.
2: <laughs> Poor God. Finn, man. This sucks so bad. It sucks so bad for him.
0: The good and the bad. Oh, actually, we got a nerd guru chat that says, needs to be said that Becky's work post-birth and in-ring and her recent character work has been some of the best of her career. Same for Seth. She she's uh, trying to rise all tides for sure. She is in incredible shape. She looks like a megastar. She acts like a megastar. I'm I'm enjoying it,
2: dude. I was like, man, she just had a baby and she's in great freaking shape. Like, what the hell's my excuse, man?
0: <laughs> oh man. So we've got to me a perfect example of some of the best and worst of WWE. When I saw the twenty-four-seven title, I thought we were gonna see more stuff like what we saw tonight. And not even by by the way of quality, because I don't necessarily think this was a great segment. I just wanted him to go out of the venue. I want him to go outside. I want him to go somewhere besides backstage.
2: We're that desperate. That's really sad. No,
0: I mean just, just in going general.
2: outside is a hit at this for, point.
0: no, for for years and years, <laughs> it's just that same backstage looking thing. I want to see him. I remember like when Mark Henry and Dilo would be like at strip clubs or the APA would be at a bar or any number like the Headbangers. Or when they had in-
2: the freaking WWE restaurant in New York and then they did yeah. that like that was cool too.
0: Headbangers and Crash Holly at the the airport or the fun place or the the hotel like take me out of the arena with some of this stuff.
2: Well, like, one of the most funnest, like, memories ever in wrestling. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Booker T freaking beating the – Well, Stone Cold beating the crap out of him in the freaking supermarket was, like, the best thing I ever saw back then. And,
0: and like, you're not going to tell me that they care that much about the live experience of the fan, because otherwise they'd put on better shows. But we were outside. We see Reggie saying, listen, I'll help you. I'll help you learn the tricks of the trade. And we catch Tazawa and R-Truth dressed up to foil them. But then Tamina attacks, and I I would be able to tell you this was good if I could have seen anything, Denise, but the camera was shaking everywhere, and I couldn't see. It was like Cloverfield. I couldn't see a damn thing, and then Dana flipped and got away. The idea of it was probably better than the execution of it. Like, Why are they shaking the camera? And you didn't seem to like the segment in general.
2: No, I was going to say, what's the idea? You got the idea? I didn't get the idea. <laughs> Dude. It is-
0: I was all right. I
2: thought they were going to give Reggie another romance angle. That's what I thought this (laughs) was going. I thought we were going to get some sort of like romantic thing between him and Dana Brooke. That's kind of like the the sense of the direction that I thought they were going in. So uh, I I was like, really? That's what we're doing. All right, cool. Let me see what happens. And then it didn't happen. And then they did the whole, you know, uh, Tozawa and our truth in the camouflage clothes. And I thought, all right, let's see where this goes. And then nothing really happened. and here's my question, Sean. Why is Tamina the only woman going after Dana Brooks' 24 7 title? She was just the slots only one it last time. And then this time, too. Tamina's the only one who cares. Damn, book her in a match, then. It,
0: it completely slots the title. It makes it look like nobody gives a shit. Like, you know, like, it's not worth it for anybody else. Like, that's what it makes it look like. Ugh. And it's not,
2: really, but for the sake of it, like you might as well give Tamina a title shot if she's the only one going up for this, trying to get the 24-7 title.
0: Reminder, guys, you can get in your Super Chats or Humper Chats in HumperChats.com. We would greatly appreciate it. Also, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com every single day. I have exclusive news over there. I had some plans. I had the plans for tonight's Raw uh, minutes before it went on the air, I'll have info on producers. But we also got exclusive news every single day. We had a bunch of exclusive news on who was at final battle before they showed up, and then you get a show every single day, which uh, leads me to a programming note. Jimmy will be out of the office this week, so I'm going to be doing a free preview of the Fightful Select Q&A show that I do every week. That will be in place of Listen, You Boy. It will happen a little bit early because I have uh, mania on Wednesday. But uh, you'll get a, a taste of the Fightful Select QA show that I do every single week on fightfulselect.com.
2: Sean, you double booked yourself.
0: I, I mean, they double booked me. They, Quizle is a lot bigger. You were bigger. supposed
2: to do a video with me on Wednesday. You forgot.
0: No, I didn't. I'm still, I've still got time to do your video. When no,
2: is it? it's at the same time as QuizzleMania.
0: I thought that Remember? was Thursday.
2: No, we said Wednesday. Oh wait, never mind. We did say Thursday, my yeah,
0: bad. Yeah, we did say Thursday. I don't double oh, book sorry. myself,
2: Denise. Sorry, my bad. I was like, you
0: double book. I don't double book myself, Denise.
2: Oh shit, my bad. Yeah. Wrong. because I, oh, I
0: booked RJ City around your uh, okay. Thing. Sorry yes. about
2: that. I I was I was like really, Sean. You just dub-? okay. I'm sorry. I take it back. My the Pro bad. wrestling
0: podcast says Otis looks like Francis from Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. Hey, there you go. <laughs> uh and I super
2: Kiwi's big adventure
0: super dimson says Heel becky feels like half the star babyface becky was i don't know why she's okay with that they're more focused on making her booed than anything else it feels like legitimate sabotage yeah because they can't book baby faces uh, i i don't know at this point it feels like they gave up like they just said eh, it won't match the last time so why even try
2: but we can't know that if you don't try. The people were, I mean, God, for the longest time, everybody's like, when's Becky coming? When's Becky coming? We're just waiting for Becky. Oh, and wait till Becky gets here and the women's division is going to be great. You just wait for Becky. The amounts of times that I've heard that, how even I said it on a bunch of shows. Like, look where we're at.
0: Indeed. Well, we had the Lashley promo to start the show. And... The KO-Seth Rollins interaction was some of the best stuff on this show. KO and Rollins come out because Lashley wants in the match at day one. And KO's like, go on in there and fight him. He can't beat up both of us, but you go first because you're faster, so you're going to make it to the ring quicker anyway. MVP goes, he's going to leave. He's going to leave. Well, then Big E comes out, and we have it announced that basically Bobby Lashley, as reported on FightfulSelect.com, would have to run through a gauntlet of some sort. He's going to face Kevin Owens, then Seth Rollins and Big E. And if he wins them all, he gets into the title match. Well, it backfires for almost everybody. But I loved the interactions with Owens and Rollins backstage on the ramp. I thought this was one of the best parts of Raw, Denise
2: it was actually uh there was okay so you mentioned the first portion of it where they were kind of like you go first there no, you go first that was great later on in the show when if they were trying to there was two times so they were backstage and uh, Seth Rollins was mad at Kevin Owens for essentially in his eyes giving up and essentially tapping out right away to Bobby Lashley's hurt lock, and then, so that was pretty funny. Like the whole backstage segment that they had with that was pretty great. And then they continued it afterwards. I died, Sean. I died like a hundred times when Kevin Owens was like, um, fuck, what'd he say? He was like, uh, Oh my God. He was like, he was rooting on biggie. And then he was saying like, you can do it. And he was doing the clapping and the singing. Uh, I was dying. It killed me. That was the he's, best part of raw. That was he's it.
0: hilarious. And he's performing in a way that most people aren't going to be tell if he's doing it because he's really motivated or because he's completely checked out. Like Like that's, that's that's the beauty of it. Like it's, he is subtly playing off of a lot of this and it even goes into his match where he gets put in the hurt lock and then immediately he taps out and he kept, he kept telling Seth Rollins. He's like, why wouldn't I Because if you two can't get it done, what chance did I have anyway? Why would I sit there and get hurt more? It made all the sense in the world, Denise. Why wouldn't he do that?
2: I loved it. I thought the smartest person on tonight's show was Kevin Owens. Like, what? He's the first one of three who's going into this match. What is and this and this also played into the Steel Cage match that they had. Remember when we were talking about him like essentially wanting to exit the cage right away because he didn't want to have to be in there and get hurt going into this match at day one. All right, cool. He kept he kept the exact same strategy tonight where he didn't want to get hurt. At the end of the day, he's still in this match. Why the hell do you want to go in? You don't want to go into that match for the championship not feeling your 100% best self. So, and he was only the first of three. So it's like, okay, I'm not going to take a beating here when two other guys can finish this job. It doesn't have to be me. It makes perfect sense. I love the fact that he tapped out right away. I thought it was freaking awesome. I didn't expect it. And I really, really love that finish.
0: Well, Seth Rollins didn't get it done because he got DQ'd. Oh boy. So Nerguru says, could be played for a fool here, but I feel less and less that Ko is leaving. I really love him and Seth feuding as idiot frenemies. I think I think Owens is staying. I think he is. That, that's you the think? way. That's the the way I feel. I'm I'm pretty sure he's gonna stay. Um, but man, I think yeah. I just I just think so. And Anakin says so. Lashley has to win a gauntlet match to get in the title match, but Owens gets in via DQ. To me, it plays up the sneaky, slimy aspect of Kevin Owens, so I don't really have a problem with it.
2: I liked it. This was what I was saying that Seth Rollins should have done uh, when he was in that position, when he was doing commentary and he could have costed Kevin Owens uh, to get into this match. So Kevin Owens essentially did just that, but he did it for uh, obviously tonight. And I knew for a fact that that wasn't going to end. I was expecting Sonya or Pierce to come out. I knew that was going to happen, but uh, I thought Kevin Owens was probably the smartest person here tonight. Uh, you know, He found himself a loophole and it worked. Obviously, it didn't work completely, but I liked that.
0: Alicia Ellis says, is there a date for the next wrestling roundtable? I believe it's December 28th. I don't, I'm not sure, but I think that's when it will be. And uh, wrestling roundtable will be on Fightful. It will not be on Fightful Select for the time being. Ninja 210 says, nice meeting you at Mission Pro, Denise.
2: Oh, nice meeting you too, dude. Mission Pro is awesome, and the fans are so passionate. It's really great to see. It's very exciting when people come up to me and they're like, hey, I listened to you on Fightful, and I'm like, shit, I'm sorry. you got (laughs) to deal with all that drama between Sean and I. But it's really nice to meet people in person.
0: They've cultivated a great environment at Mission Pro. Oh, yeah.
2: They really Uh, have.
0: If you guys are live and you are more mad at WWE Raw than we are, well, you can subscribe to Fightful Select because right after this, Alex Palowski will be going live with Sour Graps. A very angry WWE review. Well, Bobby Lashley also made it through Big E because Seth Rollins and uh, Kevin Owens got involved. It was made in no DQ because of what happened in that second match. And MJ Johnson says, Just wanted to say you all are great and WWE frustrates me. Why wasn't it just a gauntlet? KO, then Big E, then Seth. Seth's one-on-one going to a four-way being Seth's fault is a better story. Uh, I do like that story of of it being Seth's fault, but there were a couple reasons. One, they had no clue what they were doing for a lot of the day. Uh, The rundowns didn't even come in until late. But two, they had to thread it throughout the night. They had to have the fallout of Kevin Owens tapping out quick. They had to have the fallout of the DQ because I think it would have been lame if this were all one segment, Denise, and you just have Adam Pearce constantly running in and out of there. Plus, you got to give Lashley a breather.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, because here's the thing, too. Like, let's say this, would because you got to think of the opponents here. So you have, you know, Kevin Owens, you have Seth Rollins, you have Biggie. When you have three opponents like that, you're expecting three quality matches. This ain't going to be, you know, I don't want to bury anybody, but this ain't going to be your like you know, you're 24-7 title geeks, essentially, you know, doing this back-to-back with Bobby Lashley. Let's say it was somebody like that, then all right, you can do it consecutively. But given the opponents that he had, you – I think it was it was right for them to do it this way. And the thing, the problem is that because it's so predictable, and you already know Bobby Lash- Bobby Lashley is going to win. I know for a lot of people, you can it could be an easy tune out. Hey, I'll come back at the end of the show when I see how he eventually gets in on his match because we all know he's gonna be the. Uh, it's gonna become a fatal four way. That's the only problem for me sometimes where it's like okay, we know it's predictable and we know it's gonna happen. But I liked what they did throughout the night with this.
0: Oblivious Curry says, it's like WWE forgot Big E beat Bobby Lashley for the belt. And Steven says, Big E scribbling notes is how I imagine Vince rewrites her after he tears it up. Oh, Big E was backstage watching the show. And he had his back turned, looking over his shoulder. And was aggressively writing notes and just ripping off the paper. Just, I love it. I love it. (laughs)
2: I liked it too because he wasn't even looking. He was just like, I know. and flipped the page. So he like wrote like one thing and then like flipped. It. I'm like, what are you writing? What is, what are you even writing right now? It was so funny.
0: The finish for this it makes, made sense. I wish that this were the only finish of the night that was like this. But you had Rhea Ripley getting pinned off of a distraction. You had Bianca Belair win then get attacked. You had Otis win and then get attacked. You had Finn Balor lose off a distraction you had seth rollins lose on a dq you had kevin owens lose because he got pinned quick or because he got he tapped out quick you had like even uh, every single finish either had an attack afterwards or was a funky finish this is the only one that needed it if you bastardize every finish you condition the audience to not give a shit and that's unfortunately what i think they have done
2: yeah, and I liked how everybody got involved in the main event, including MVP. I thought all of that worked; it made sense too, because at the end of the day, Biggie is still a baby face, so I feel like that kind of protected him as well too. Where it's like he should he should be up for the challenge of saying like, "Screw it, I don't care if it's one guy, two guys, three guys. I'll face my cha- I'll defend my championship against anybody." Uh, so I felt like in a way that kind of uh, protected him.
0: Cadillac Carson says, "Maybe I need to think outside the box, but it's hard for me to get into a gauntlet like storyline." When the guy running the gauntlet is a heel. I I mean, I I see Bobby Lashley very much in that middle ground. He doesn't need someone to help him cheat. If it were up to him, he probably wouldn't have somebody help him cheat. MVP kind of takes it on his own, kind of like he did here. Um, but I do like that it took all that to beat Big E. Because if you're going to beat Big E, you better throw Big E, or you better throw Rollins, Lashley, uh Owens and MVP Adam to me this I don't like the champion getting pinned but if you're gonna do it having all those things is probably the best way to do it
2: and we had stakes
0: yeah yeah <laughs> there was something that mattered and I guarantee this match is gonna hump oh god that match is gonna hump at day one
2: <laughs> yeah and we'll be here working on day one fabulous
0: Well, it's selling really well. Like the tickets are moving for that. Really? Where is that again?
2: Atlanta. Yeah. yeah,
0: Atlanta. But I mean, the, the idea behind it was one from Nick Khan and that he said that he wanted to add some more desirable dates and he said, well, people travel, they go to places like Atlanta for new year's and they don't always fly out on new year's day because tickets are expensive. So they hang around. What are they going to do that night? They're going to go to a WB show. Maybe. I like that that line of thinking. That used to be the Thanksgiving line of thinking. They would do shows Thanksgiving night because you would have your Thanksgiving dinner early mid afternoon, then say, "Let's go to the wrestling show." And apparently, it's working in Atlanta, so I I like that for them.
2: Well, like here's the thing: like I think back, and I don't think I ever have plans like on January first. I feel like that's just the day where I just stay home and watch TV. Like I don't do anything. So. I'm like, all right, well, this doesn't, I mean, uh, this doesn't like affect me whatsoever. It's not like a holiday where I'm going to like be like, damn it. I want to go out and, you know, like Valentine's Day or something like that. Like I want to go out and do something, you know, or New Year's Eve.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Terry Allen Jr. says a photo left side of the arena was not full. Bear loud reaction. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There was nothing. And I'm surprised Gable Stevenson wasn't on this show at all. This is where he goes to college at shocked that he wasn't on the show.
2: Well, he just did the ringside appearance.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like, he didn't do it. Like, I would have had him suplex somebody. You like, drafted him.
2: Yeah, he's drafted too, which, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know how many people realize that. But it's like, dude, the guy was drafted. It was big news. And then we never, like, damn, Veer Mahan getting more promo than him. Uh, you know, they did never said anything. Or, or, and they did mention it today on commentary. But it was kind of like.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
2: And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: Oh, right. but what's the point? He was drafted yeah. like how long ago? I do want to ask you, Sean, since I haven't watched SmackDown this uh, this past Friday. How did the Los Angeles uh, crowd look? How was all of that? Because I didn't get I mean, to it see.
0: Look good. It was loud. Randy Orton was over. Like you get full. I don't know if it was full. It looked looked good, but Roman wasn't there. So you could see why they added RK bro. There, like, a lot of people were like, oh, brand split, yada, yada. I would be too. But if Roman Reigns isn't there, you add Roman Reigns. I wasn't Roman there. He's had the week off. Oh, but if he's not there, you do add Randy Orton. And if, when you watch that reaction that Randy Orton got for just standing on the apron, you'll see why that's why they added Becky. And that's why they added Bianca to the dark match and Charlotte. They had to make good for. Rains, uh but joel pearl says they had 10k distributed for la smackdown but 10k
2: uh, huh. 10,000 yeah i know but how much does staples center hold i don't know uh,
0: there uh, wrestle ticks has it but uh guys i want to thank oh. you all so much there were there were so many of you that, that reached out uh after a lot of the tornadoes hit kentucky uh, fortunately i mean i know some of you thought that i, I lived in the affected area i live near uh, maysville kentucky as opposed to Mayfield. Kentucky which is on the other end of the state but uh, western Kentucky was hit really hard a lot of places in the Midwest were hit really hard if you happen to be near Lexington between now and tomorrow afternoon I'm picking up uh, several boxes of toys from Toy Vomit Toy HQ you've probably seen me tag them a lot I'm going to be picking up a bunch of toys and a local elementary school is going to bus a, a load of toys down to Mayfield, Kentucky to help with people who have lost out on their Christmas. They lost everything. They lost their electricity. They lost their water. They got nothing there. They, they barely have a city standing. So a lot of these people, even though Christmas might not be in the forefront of their mind right now, as opposed to the changes in their life, uh, we want to try to make it as, as positive as possible. And uh, fortunately, Fightful owner Jimmy Van said, uh, whatever you buy tomorrow, I'll match it. So I definitely appreciate that. So if you happen to be here, I know I've got a few viewers that are, are local to me uh, where I live. Uh, I'll come pick up your stuff if, if you need transportation. We're going to try to send those out by Wednesday or Thursday. And if you're in Lexington Sunday, uh, I want you guys to support Toy Vomit and Toy HQ as well because they are great guys uh, and girls doing a lot of good, great stuff. Dan Housen. Ethan Page, Hornswoggle are all going to be there on Sunday uh, signing autographs, taking pictures, all that good stuff. I'll be swinging by just before that as well. So um, uh, thank you for everybody that reached out. I have a tweet pinned at the top of my Twitter, uh, or I I will, that will have ways that you guys can help. And uh, it's basically supporting the American Red Cross. Becky Lynch, Drew McIntyre, and many others uh, retweeted that. As there are a lot of people that are in uh, a lot of a lot of pain right now, but uh, Denise, what do you got going on this week?
2: Well, I have GCW this Friday, so that'll be fun. Oh, uh, LA,
0: that's yeah, that's Cardona and Chelsea against uh, Alley Cat and, and Effie.
2: So we got the LA show on Friday, and then I have my show Speak yeah. Now Pro Wrestling this week, Tuesday and Wednesday. Then Friday I got the GCW show, and then um. This Saturday, I'm doing the Best of Wrestling 2021 podcast, so that should be fun, too. Um, And that's pretty much what I got going on this weekend. But other than that, just, like, go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I have a brand-new interview with Mickey James that's up on my YouTube channel. We had a really, like, it's so easy to chat with her. Very, very easy, very conversational. So if you just want to go in and have a good time, uh, please check that out. That is YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. I'm hoping to have more interviews up there soon and lots of other content. Additionally, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram i underscores, at underscored. And he said, oh, I'm still trying to get to 50 K, even though Sean buried my Twitter account. There's some gems in there every now and then.
0: Guys on Tuesday, I'm dropping an interview with Brian Myers. He's got a new podcast. It's the former Kurt Hawkins called extreme conversations. And he does an approach in which I I've done many times. And I love that. He's doing it. He talks ECW happenings, like whether it be balls, Mahoney, Tommy dreamer, certain pay-per-views. And he talks to several different people about those. Uh, so in our interview, and I'm leaving it as is, not only do I talk to him about that, but I talk to him for upcoming features I'm doing on Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, and the Royal Rumble. So I thought that would be a little bit of an, an interesting approach to take. And he has some hilarious, greatest Royal Rumble stories you all are going to love. I've got my inspiration or my interview with The Inspiration up this week. They both slapped me for calling Gail Kim old. Um, so that happened. What, why are you looking at me like that? Why Gail are Kim you old.
2: even calling Gail Kim old? What is your problem, Sean? It Shawn? was a
0: lapse in judgment. She is my youthful, exuberant bestie, my, my role model, First my mentor. First you were saying
2: things about Lady Frost and now Gail Kim. You deserve a major aspect. I didn't
0: say that about Lady Frost. Lady Frost said that about Lady Frost and look, no, look what he, happened. I Look saw. what happened. She got signed. She He's got signed.
2: A mean person, Sean. This person, person says,
0: Sap Fears, Jason Roberts on Twitter. Why'd you block me? Probably because you're a fucking idiot. That's usually why I block people. Thank you guys so much. I love you guys. Leave a thumbs up. Subscribe. Tap that bell for notification. Until next time, we're out.